I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty, Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. The Denver CityCast is presented by Bet Rivers. Bet Rivers Sportsbook is the industry leader when it comes to online sports betting, and it has you covered for the NFL season. They're offering same game parlays and pro football matchups. They're bringing back their reduce the juice promotion on game days, too. And this NFL season, they have a $1 million beat the spread challenge with thousands of dollars given away each week. Pro football betting is just more rewarding on Bet Rivers. Download the app or go to betrivers.com to bet. This is the Denver City Cast with Holden Kushner, presented by Bet Rivers. It is Holden with Vison. It is the Denver City Cast, presented by Bet Rivers. And it is not only a sliver of hope, a legitimate chance at making the playoffs for the Denver Broncos after that 28-13 win over the Chargers yesterday here at home. The Broncos cover. I will get into my bet reviews. I'm going to give you some thoughts here on the game in just a moment. And also, you know, these injuries really, really stacking up on the offensive line. And this offensive line still looked good enough to have Teddy in the running game be very, very successful. The AFC West, it's a beautiful mess. It's three teams at six and five, including the Broncos, and then it's the Chiefs at seven and four. This is going to be a monster game coming up on Sunday night. It was moved from the one o'clock slot, one o'clock Eastern time, so 11 o'clock our time, uh, to the Sunday night football game. 
opening line for the battle for first place in the AFC West, Denver plus nine and a half, plus 335 on the money line. The total is 47 and a half, and we know Andy Reid is excellent. His teams have been excellent going back to Philly coming off the bye. But first, before the Broncos try and snap this 11-game losing streak to the Chiefs, about yesterday, Teddy Bridgewater is the most valuable player on this team. You could say it's Justin Simmons. You could say it's anybody else, but it's not. It is Teddy Bridgewater. And even though he had the Ole a couple of weeks ago, he's shown some toughness, and now this team is over 500. And some of the warts in his game, we can look over it. Now, why is he the most valuable player on this team? Not that he's the best player on this team, and not that he's anything more than a very good game manager. Did you see the drop-off between him and Drew Locke yesterday? It was cataclysmic. It was just gigantic. Teddy Bridgewater has a lot of faults, but Locke is a disaster, and they're actually going to have to upgrade a backup quarterback too. They need a starter going forward. Maybe Teddy Bridgewater is the starter next year. Maybe he's not. Maybe he's not. But the good thing about Teddy is that he manages the game without turning the ball over. This team does not turn the ball over. He's a terrific quarterback when he's playing with the lead. From time to time, he'll stretch the field, and he's a tough dude. I mean, that shin injury yesterday looked nasty. He played a game earlier this season, which Fangio even said he shouldn't have played in. He was too banged up. What's the bad? Yeah, he gave up on a play. Not good. He is a game manager. That's not great because when your team is trailing, you need more than a game manager. You need somebody that can throw the ball deep, somebody that can give you explosive plays. And he consistently struggles to put up the numbers that are necessary to win when his team falls behind, whether it be a touchdown, 10 points, or even more. But you, again, if you still think Drew Locke is the answer at quarterback, I don't know what to tell you anymore. He almost, he almost blew the game on that drive just before halftime to throw the ball to Derwin James like he did. And I know it was a great catch, but absolutely unacceptable. You're pitching a shutout, you got the ball, and all of a sudden the Chargers are back in things. And I said to myself, and I wrote this down in my halftime notes, if Drew Locke has to play the second half, they're going to lose that game. I don't care how good the defense is, they're going to lose that game. And Teddy came back, and he is the most valuable player on this team. Okay, a couple other things. Let's go to the defense. Patrick Sertan, the end zone interception, more on Herbert than anything else, but Sertan was there, terrific hands, made the grab in the end zone, and it really just, it kind of put an end to the day of Justin Herbert. Like, the, the Chargers tried to come back, they just couldn't do it. And the pick six, are you kidding me? The pick six, a thing of beauty. Sertan is likely not going to win the defensive rookie of the year. It's going to be Micah Parsons with the Cowboys. Parsons minus 400. Sertan is plus 1,000, like 10 to 1 to win the defensive rookie of the year. It would probably take a Parsons injury and just a slew of interceptions down the stretch for Sertan to win this thing. But boy, did they get a great one. Uh, he's going to be a corner that's sitting here for a long time. They didn't draft Champ Bailey, but this guy really reminds me of that shutdown corner, and there are not many of those guys 
in the National Football League. I love that the defense got a ton of pressure on Justin Herbert. You know, Herbert took 10 hits yesterday against the Broncos. They got to him 10 times, including three sacks, and one that was called back, the Browning sack, and two of the sacks completely blew up drives by Los Angeles. Coaching-wise, you're coming off a bye. You've got to come out strong. And that is what the Broncos did. Sure, the first drive, they had the penalty. They had the punt. Special teams actually worked here. Downing the ball at the one-yard line. Getting the ball back after a three and out. I mean, the Chargers didn't even have the ball in the first quarter. They basically had a couple, they had a couple of three and outs and everything was done there. But coaching, this team was prepared. And I also like the fact that they played a little bit of zone. You know, there's a man team. That's why I felt like Justin Herbert could have a nice day on the ground, and he did. I mean, he did. He led the team in rushing with 36 yards. But the fact that they could drop back in zone and keep the big plays in front of them from time to time, huge. Justin Simmons continues to play really well. He had eight tackles. Seven of those were solo tackles. He had a tackle for loss. I mean defensively more than anything else. That's what stood out to me. Javante is a stud. We'll get to Javante here in just a second. But the fact of the matter is that this defense was shut down. Shut down defense. No Von Miller. How much does it really impact this team on the field? Well, I'll say this. The guys that have come in, they have performed in all the injuries to inside linebacker, all the injuries and the, the jettisoning of Von Miller. Yesterday, they looked absolutely elite. And this is the way the Broncos have wanted to win games. It's not the most aesthetically pleasing. And it's not an easy way to sustain success. Running the football and playing defense in this day and age of the NFL I mean, you really, you, first of all, your defense has to be top shelf. And this defense does not give up many points, okay? We can complain about some of the things happening with the defense. But the bottom line is, bend don't break. They don't give up many points. Then the running game. You need a great running game. And you need a game manager. And you need to play with the lead. Well, everything happened yesterday. Everything. Teddy ran for an 11-yard touchdown. And Javante just goes bananas. I know we all want more Javante Williams. He is just such a special talent. And more than anything, running backs don't matter. This guy is special, though. This guy is special. He stays healthy. He is going to be a legitimate. He'll have his case for a legitimate all-pro selection for years upon years upon years. So 14 carries, 54 yards in the touchdown. More than anything else, though, how about the four targets, the three catches? He has great hands. He led the team in catches and yards with 57. Javante Williams is this offense's most explosive player, and they got some explosive players. This is the other thing. This is why it's frustrating to not have a quarterback that can push the ball down the field. Tim Patrick had a 19-yard catch. Javante with that 42-yarder, that was all on him. That, you know, that was Teddy finding him, but that was all Javante busting his butt and getting that big play. But outside of that, a 13-yard catch by Judy, a 12-yard catch by Sutton. I continue to harp on this. 
not enough consistency with big plays. But they didn't need the big plays yesterday. They got out early. They played the way they wanted to play. And the funniest quote here, and I know all the numbers guys are making fun of Vic Fangio. We ran the ball 33 times. You know, the, the numbers guys, and I'm a 50-50 numbers guys. I love the analytics. We need to come up with a better word for that, by the way. It's just, it's cliche at this point. Numbers guy, big one there. I think there's a lot with the eye test in the NFL too. But when you hear a head coach say, we ran the ball 33 times, uh, the number guys, are, they're saying that's not how you win in today's NFL. Well, you know what? This is a team without an elite quarterback or even a quarterback that's in the top third of the league. He's not a top 10 or a top 12 starting quarterback. He's right there in the middle. Teddy Bridgewater's right there in the middle. So the recipe for success, play defense like he did yesterday, get pressure on Herbert, mix up the coverage a little bit, have a big, big day out of Patrick Sertan, have a nice day out of your secondary, and run the hell out of the football. And let me also mention Melvin Gordon. 17 carries for 83 yards. We can knock Melvin Gordon all we want. He's not as talented as Javante is. He busted a 16-yard run. Melvin Gordon did, and he had a very nice day. And I do not want to overlook that. Take a quick break. Want to come back with the bet review. And we had a spectacular week here on the Denver CityCast presented by Bet Rivers. Bet Rivers Sportsbook wants you to be in control of your football bets. That's why players love the same game parlays at Bet Rivers. Same game parlays let you mix and match player props and game bets and gives a payout boost to the winning combinations you want to root for. Combine two bets or combine many. You pick your confidence level and then watch the game unfold. Bet on same game parlays at Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app or go to betrivers.com today. Must be 21 and located in Colorado. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. The VEASAN Midseason Football Special is here. Put the VEASAN betting experts to work for you from now through February for only $99. Daily best bet emails, 24-7 video streaming, betting splits for every sport, point spread weekly, plus in-depth data and analysis on VEASAN.com. Sign up today at vsan.com slash subscribe and get everything we have to offer for the rest of the football season for only $99. That's vsan.com slash subscribe. So here we go here on the Denver CityCast presented by Bet Rivers. Some things I want to talk about later on. I thought it was interesting. Boomer Esiason said, if you put Justin Herbert on the Broncos, you have a Super Bowl team. I'm going to discuss that. But first, let's get to our bet review. How about plus 3.85 units? You bet $100, you got 385 back yesterday. It was a spectacular day. So the first bet I liked, teased the Broncos up to 8.5. The line closed at 3, but we got it at 2.5, and, and I felt very comfortable with that. We teased it with the Packers. And that one, I mean, the Packers won outright. And we teased it plus nine with the Vikings. And that was up for debate for a little bit. But ultimately, the Vikings ended up covering for us out in San Francisco. 34-26. Now, had it been a two and a half six-point tease, we still would have won. Not very often will you hear a professional better say, oh, it's a good idea 
to bet three up to nine because you're not going through two key numbers. You want to go through two key numbers, right? Broncos plus two and a half. We got through three and we got through seven. Packers plus seven and a half. We get through three. We get through seven. Vikings were already through three. I just wanted to give myself some cushion there. Long time return on investment. You're probably not going to make money. So you really got to pick and choose your spots. We picked it there. We picked up um, 1.85 units on the teasers. The other best bet, Javante. Javante Williams over 46 and a half yards. Uh, nothing is easy. Absolutely nothing is easy. We hit that. We hit that for a unit. We did lose the one to point one to six point victory bands. Those were each a half a unit bet. So we lost a unit on the victory bands. You know how I thought that game was going to be a lot closer than it was. And I think a lot of you did too, but we lose a unit on those bets. And then my guy Kegger, the sports keg, he is on every single Saturday. He hits again. Packers plus two. He said it. I didn't hit it until the Packers were getting two and a half. Plus, we had the teaser on top of it. So things worked out very well yesterday. Plus 3.85 units. Let me tell you a little bit about the trends now for the Broncos. They are 6-4-1 and one against the spread. I'm not that big on against the spread for the season, unless it is an absolutely astonishing number. So just to bet the Broncos on this against the spread thing, eh, doesn't do too much for me. Here's what's doing, though. And again, I, I think I talked about this with our LA CityCast host, Danielle. If she did want to get in on this, bet the under in a single game parlay. Now, she was back in the Chargers. But part of that single game parlay I threw to her, if you're going to back the Chargers, bet the under too. Because the Broncos are 9-2 and two to the under. And when we get to this Chiefs line, we have to look at the under. Because the Broncos just keep playing to that. Broncos money line, plus 123 yesterday. If you hit them on the money line, nice chunk of change. Bronco, Broncos plus 3, minus 113. And the under hits at 47, under 47, minus 107. So here we go again. Broncos cover the money line. They cover the spread. They cover the total. Let's go look at the AFC West futures now, okay? So where do the books and where does Bet Rivers think the Broncos are in this muddled AFC West? And that's what it is. Muddled to say the least. Chiefs now, we could have gotten them. If you thought the Chiefs were going to win this division, you could have gotten them at even money a couple of weeks ago. Maybe three weeks ago. Then it went to 110. And it's 150. Now it's minus 177. The Chiefs are heavy favorites to win the AFC West. As a matter of fact, they are now the favorites to win the AFC. That happened last week. The Chiefs, as horrible as they have been offensively, and as bad as they were to start the season defensively, I think the big turnaround here is their defense. And that's something the Broncos are going to have to deal with next week, or at least on Sunday night. The Chiefs maybe have turned a corner. It hasn't been aesthetically pleasing. And you know what the Broncos game plan is going to be. Beat the hell out of Patrick Mahomes. Get to Mahomes as much as possible. Make this a low-scoring, gross game. 
and the Chiefs have had quite a few. This is not the same Kansas City team that we've seen in the past, and I will preview this game more in depth as the week goes on. Chargers still the second favorite to win this division at plus 300. Pretty, pretty tough to imagine that the Chiefs are at minus 177 and the Chargers are still in the mix here at plus 300, as awful as they looked yesterday. They are an extremely inconsistent team. And you don't, just like the Broncos, you really don't know which one is going to show up on a week-to-week basis. But the Chargers at 3-1 to one in second place, they're just a game back. And if the Broncos win here, if they beat the Chiefs, now you're really looking at chaos in the AFC West. Broncos sitting at 8-1, to one, plus 800. Do I feel comfortable betting that? Are the Broncos, is the value there, and is the shot of them winning the division there as well? I'm not there. I need more. I'm happy. I've got hope. You should have some hope. They're alive for another week. But how can you really feel like the Broncos going forward at plus 800 are going to win this division? The only way you do that is if you continue to think that they're going to play with a lead going up against these teams. They've got the Chiefs, the Lions, the Bengals. I mean, there's actually, if they go two and one there, now we're starting to say, okay, Broncos to win the division. I'm not there yet. The Bengals team looks like they came off the bye and really kicked some butt. They look terrific. They can beat the Raiders in week 16 in Las Vegas. Yeah, it'll be a nice little revenge game. I think they'll beat the hell out of the Raiders in, in, in Vegas. And I really, truly believe that right now. That was a smoke and mirrors win for Vegas on Thanksgiving. Then they go back to the Chargers. I have a hard time thinking they'll do anything but split with L.A. I think that's going to be a tough one. And then Kansas City to wrap up the season. That might be an extremely important game. I hope it's a really important game. So here's what I think. They're going to be dogs, or they are dogs to the Chiefs. Nine and a half points. I think they'll be favored at home to the Lions. And God, I hope they really come out and they, you know, if they beat Kansas City and they say, oh, you know, we're, we're feeling, we're all full of Fanta. We're all feeling good about ourselves. They could drop that game to the Lions. We've seen it. They've lost, this, they've beaten bad teams. They've lost to not so good teams. I mean, the Eagles, that Eagles loss was atrocious now. In hindsight, it was bad at the time, but then you see the Eagles against the Giants, how bad they looked. Ugh. So I think they'll be, their dogs here against Kansas City. I think they'll be favored against the Lions. And depending on how, how this goes, if they beat the Chiefs or keep this close, the Bengals don't play a good game here, and then they beat the Lions, I think that this could be very close to a pick em. At Las Vegas, I think because of the three points, for home field advantage for the the Raiders, which they really don't have a home field advantage. There's going to be a ton of Broncos game, Broncos fans there. I think that's a toss-up for now. I think there'll be dogs at the Chargers unless the Chargers completely tank, and there'll be dogs against the Chiefs at home. Okay? So one, one game, they'll definitely be favorites. Three, I think they'll definitely be dogs, and that leaves the other two with the Raiders and the Bengals. Which games are these winnable? Well... They've lost how many straight games to the Chiefs? 11 straight games to the Chiefs. You would think the law of averages, they can get one. If there's ever a time to beat Kansas City, it is right now. This offense is not the same as we've seen for the last couple of years. It's definitely not the offense we saw two years ago when they won the Super Bowl. 
Last year, Kansas City was like, eh, yeah, we'll turn it on when we need to turn it on. They did, and that worked just about every game except for the Super Bowl. And this year, it's just been a debacle. You know, teams have figured out, let's drop a couple safeties, limit the big plays, which is exactly what the Broncos did to the Chargers yesterday. Exactly what the Broncos did to the Chargers yesterday. It's going to be an interesting one. Broncos win total. This is interesting too. Remember, we were going back and forth after that Eagles loss. Under eight and a half was something like 150. Well, they got this win. It's still eight and a half, but now it's 110 minus 110 to the over and the under. 50-50 shot then for Vegas that this team gets to the nine wins. How am I leaning on this? Six and five. They need three of these wins. I don't feel comfortable betting either side right now because I don't want to get too caught up in this nice win at home yesterday. Let's reassess this after the Kansas City game. It's a Jekyll and Hyde team. So I'm not going to say three and two over the last five. I'm also not going to say two and three over the last five. But I think those that that's the range of outcomes here. Three and two or two and three. They either get to nine and eight or they sit at eight and nine. Nine and eight, I wonder if that saves Fangio's job, by the way. They need to go, what, three and three, I should say, because we got the 17. They need to go three and three to hit the over. Three and three to hit the over. Two and four, they go under. And that under eight and a half, if you bet that a couple of weeks ago, before or a few weeks ago before the Cowboys game, it's a sweat now. It is a 100% sweat. On to the bet recap from player props. Again, Javante. We hit the over 46 and a half. That cashed. It closed at 50 and a half. That cashed. It was uncomfortable too because it came down to the final drive of the game. And I'm saying to myself, oh my God, are they going to give Melvin Gordon all these touches? And they didn't. And Javante just kept moving. He picked up an 11-yard gain, and that, that almost sealed the game, and it sealed our win for that player prop. And Javante has now gone over his opening number in three straight games for rushing yards. Melvin Gordon, 50 and a half. He went over. Yeah, and not only did he go over, he blew it open. 83 yards off 17 carries, and Melvin, he, he missed a series because he was banged up. I mean, the injuries yesterday, holy moly, Bridgewater, Gordon, two offensive linemen, three offensive linemen at one point, so many injuries here. They got the job done. Gordon, by the way, has 80 plus rushing yards in two of his last three. I do worry about his rushing overs though in games where they're heavy dogs, kind of like this one against Kansas City because they're gonna have to control the tempo of the game. They do that, Gordon goes over. You have to predict game script when you're betting. This is a little lesson too for those of you that are newer to betting. You have to predict game script. You're not going to bet Javante over 50 and a half rushing yards if you think this is going to be a game where Kansas City wins by double digits or if Kansas City gets out to an early lead because that would stifle the rushing attack and then you're in trouble because you're putting the ball in the hands of Teddy Bridgewater to win this game as opposed to managing the game. Justin Herbert, his rushing prop, 15 and a half. I talked about wanting to hit that. Never ended up doing it. Didn't see the line. 
until like three seconds before the game. I was upset at myself. Again, man coverage. Herbert's going to have room to run. He did. He did. Four carries, 36 yards. But again, they went back to that zone a bit. And he could have had more yards had they not done that. They just killed the Chargers running game. Eckler got nothing going. 12 carries, 31 yards. Congrats to the defense there. Eckler way under 59 and a half rushing yards. And that's another bet we'll look to. Opponent, opponents rushing yards. I'm, I'm interested in seeing where they set Clyde Edwards Elair this week. Is it going to be in the 50s? If it's in the 50s, I think we have to lean toward the under, especially since you know Damian Williams is getting a little bit of work still. Receiving yards, Javante, 15 and a half. He went over that. He had one yard receiving these past two games before the 57 yesterday. That's unacceptable. He has to be more involved in the passing game. He went over. Do we learn anything for this going forward? No, no. Uh, unless this team falls behind, I don't think he sees major action in the passing game, although he should. He should. Uh, the only wide receiver to go over yesterday, Keenan Allen, 85 yards. His prop was 77 and a half. The only wide receiver to eclipse his yards number yesterday in the game, Broncos and Chargers. QB props, talk about Teddy for a second. Under one and a half TD passes, he had one, and he has just three touchdown passes in the last four games. Does that mean we want to bet his under one and a half when they post that this week. If that team is behind, they'll have to pass more, and that gives more opportunities for touchdowns, but the Kansas City defense is playing better. So an early lean, if they post this thing at one and a half, minus 120 to the under, that's going to be a long, long look. Uh, point bands, maybe I need to stop betting these. Broncos by 13 to 18 points. Remember when I tell you, I, I talked about this at the top. Broncos win by one to six at plus money. Chargers win by one to six at plus money. You hit that, you're winning. You're winning uh, no matter who wins, as long as they win by six or less. I mean, yesterday it was, it, it was a blowout. It was 15 points. And didn't you kind of get the sense outside of the, the couple of minutes before halftime and maybe that first Chargers drive? that the Chargers were just never really in the game. If you did bet the points band yesterday, Broncos by 13 to 18 plus a thousand, you got 10 to one on that hundred dollar bet. You get a thousand back uh, total points. Broncos go over the 22 and a half Chargers under the 24 and a half. Come back. Want to discuss something that Boomer Esiason had said if you put, put Herbert on the Broncos, they have a Super Bowl team. I agree with him there. And also, can the Broncos put this win behind them and not get too cocky like they did after the Cowboys win? They're saying they're not going to, but can they really do that with this Kansas City game coming up? We'll discuss that and more on the Denver CityCast presented by Bet Rivers. Being a homer has its perks at Bet Rivers Sportsbook. Every day, Bet Rivers offers a special hometown discount on parlays involving local teams. To get your hometown discount, just open the Bet Rivers Sportsbook app and check the daily specials to place your bet on a unique parlay with hometown teams and players. Then root, root, root for the home team and win together. 
Bet today on the Bet Rivers Sportsbook app or go to betrivers.com. Must be 21 and located in Colorado. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 522 4700. The VSIN football special is here. Put the VSIN betting experts to work for you from now through February for only $99. Daily best bet emails, 24-7 video streaming, betting splits for every sport, point spread weekly, plus in-depth data and analysis on vsin.com. Sign up today at vsin.com slash subscribe and get everything we have to offer for the rest of the football season for only $99. That's vsin.com slash subscribe. So welcome back. A couple final thoughts on yesterday's win. If you were watching the halftime show, you heard Boomer Esiason say the following. And, and, and again, the Broncos up at halftime, 14-7. Bridgewater gets hurt. Drew Locke with a disastrous turnover. Boomer goes, if you put Justin Herbert on the Denver Broncos, you have a Super Bowl team. Agreed. Absolutely agreed. I think you have a team that is a legitimate contender, especially in the AFC this year where the Chiefs have underachieved. The Bills have underachieved. You put Justin Herbert on there, and Herbert didn't have a good game. I mean, he made some bad mistakes. Uh, The pick six was a bad one. But worse than that was the interception that Sertan had in the end zone because that was a sure touchdown if Herbert puts anything on it. He didn't. He went 28 of 44. That's not great. 303, two touchdowns, two picks. But you put a quarterback that can stretch the field with guys like Judy, Sutton, Patrick. Oh my goodness. Now you're talking about an offense that can not only run the football successfully, but now you've got a passing game and that makes the running game even better. I personally think that there's few teams as talented as the Broncos at skill positions. Defensively, they've got stars. They've got Justin Simmons. They've got Pat Sertan and and more. I'm going to leave some guys out because I want to move on here. But they have stars and talent all over the place. They've got Javante Williams, one of the most explosive backs in the NFL. Melvin Gordon's good too. And then I just told you about these wide receivers. If you put these wide receivers with Justin Herbert, I mean, maybe Judy turns into... Uh, Keenan Allen light at this point in his career. Maybe Cortland Sutton ends up being one of the top 10 receivers in the game uh, yardage wise. Maybe Tim Patrick, you know, even ups his touchdown count even more. Yeah. Uh, you put Justin Herbert on this team. They're a Super Bowl contender. No question. Herbert still has a lot to go in his growth. He's been inconsistent He's been playing in this year, this league for, what, a year and a half now? A little more than a year and a half? But yes, I completely agree with Boomer there. But what do they need? They need a, a boost to the offensive line, even though they played well yesterday. I still think they need a new head coach. Fangio's fine. But between the challenges, oh, and the challenge too, between the challenges... Um, the slow starts early in the year, the inconsistencies, they're going to need a new coach. They might have one. They might not. They go three and three down the stretch. They end up nine and eight. Are they really going to fire them? They need a QB that can stretch the field. 
Um, O-line, getting a boost there, not easy, but definitely possible in an offseason. New coach, big question marks there. A new QB, Teddy could be here next year. He could be here. It is not easy to find a quarterback, and everybody in Denver 100,000% knows that. Uh, the Broncos, can they not get full of themselves like they did after the Cowboys game? See, I have a hard time thinking that that they can do the same thing, that they didn't learn their lesson after the Dallas game. You know, this was a that was a win over a team at the time that everybody thought was going to the Super Bowl, or at least had a shot to go to the Super Bowl. They've kind of tanked these last three games, the Cowboys ever, two of the last three, especially they looked awful on Thanksgiving. Um they can't get too full of themselves. I don't think they will either because this is this is a game, A, for the division lead. B, yeah, they had a nice win this weekend, but they go to a place which, A, and, and I've been down in the field during games in Kansas City. I, I got heart palpitations. I'm not kidding you. My heart was like skipping beats. It was so loud. It was It's just thunderous. It's a, just an impossible place to play. Uh, one of the great home field advantages in all of sports so they can't get full of themselves. First of all, you're heavy dogs. You take that as motivation. You have a chance to lead the division. You've been inconsistent all year. If they have a letdown, any type of letdown, that's on the coach. That's on the coaching staff. Because Fangio got cocky after that Cowboys game. Oh, we came up, we figured out how to stop the Cowboys. And then they look like garbage against the Eagles. Let me just say one more thing about this. I don't, and I don't think they get too full of themselves. Great job by the coaching staff getting this team ready to stop the run. They were gashed by the Eagles. Really good running back in Austin Eckler. They shut them down. 100% shut them down. Okay, Wednesday, I will have Nate Kreckman on from Altitude 92.5. I'll have Ian St. Clair on from Play Colorado. We will talk a little bit more about this AFC West race. We'll start to talk about the Kansas City game, and we'll dig deeper because we'll have more lines for that game as well. Thank you very much for checking out the show. Follow me at Holden Radio on Twitter. And again, subscribe and keep listening to the Denver CityCast presented by Bet Rivers. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin, And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. 
Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.